0: Never be sorry to tell your story, never be sorry to, you know, thrive within the environment that you're in and being the less fortunate because there's gonna be some time and some day that you're gonna be at the top and you're gonna be able to help other people.
1: Hi everyone and welcome. Today, our guest is very special. She has achieved so much at such a young age. She's currently undergoing her master's degree. And without further ado, I will let our guest introduce um, herself to you. Please tell us something about yourself. Of course. Um, well, thank you for having me. I'm very excited.
0: Um, my name is Celia Starks. Um, a lot of people call me T. Um, so shout out to Chamoy's uh, followers. Call me T. You know? um, but yes, I'm 24 years old. Um, I attend the University of Iowa. I'm completing my master's in rehabilitation counseling with an emphasis on deaf studies um, In undergrad. I was in the athletic training program at the University of Iowa So I got a chance to work with a lot of athletes a lot of mental health um, cases and just getting a, a dive into the sports side of mental health and um, athletics and after finding out that I didn't necessarily have um, a really strong want and bond to go towards the more athletic side of taping ankles and rehabbing patients um, I found that I was more passionate with the mental health side so I decided to go into counseling um, and hopefully after I complete my master's um, this upcoming spring I'll go to school to get my doctorate in sports psychology so that I can be an all-around sports psychologist that works with athletes people with disabilities um, uh, people with, I minored in ASL in my undergrad, so I also want to connect with the deaf community. Um just, yeah, being an all around s- psychologist is really, really my point of view, so
1: yeah. First of all, congratulations. Thank you. And mental health. Yes. You know i I love to see young people especially get into mental health um with my generation i think you know coming from a different country that is not a topic that was freely discussed or freely um, talked about and there was a lot of stigma associated with that type of you know a yeah yeah and so coming here that's when i actually my eyes got opened to wow Mental health, this is something, and I even worked in mental health for quite some time. So why mental health? Um, So actually, similarly, the
0: same same kind of idea. Um, So within the black community in general, um, it is very frowned upon to get it's more it's coming of age because of the new generation but mm-hmm. um i feel like within my community especially with black men it's very looked down upon um and then with black women we're automatically seen as strong and forthwill and forthcoming um to where it's also seen as like a uh, a uh, an outlet or not a positive outlet. It's more of like an excuse type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I really wanted to shed light on specifically with me seeing, you know, I have a connection to sports. I played sports all growing up and I really like the athletic side of, um, my ambitions, but seeing how much that in itself can have really an effect on someone's day to day, um, it gravitated towards me because I found that when I was an athletic training student, a lot of the athletes would come to me to talk to me. They wouldn't even need their ankle tape. They wouldn't need anything. Um, In the physical side of things, it was more so in the mental health side and I found that I could relate that to a lot of um, degrees that I have in my life with Mm -hmm. just being there for people and being an ear for people um, and how easy it is for me to um, communicate like I've gotten that a lot Um, the way that I communicate things and the way that I articulate things Mm -hmm. it really like gets across to people in a way Um, alongside my personality I feel like you have to have an incredible personality to be a mental health advocate or uh, personality in general Mm-hmm. Um to where people need to gravitate towards you to be able to trust you. And I feel like I would be not doing my duty or active service with um, being a citizen of society if I didn't take use of something that I feel like is such a strong characteristic about me.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow, I I for one cannot wait for you to join the workforce. When are you graduating? I'm graduating in spring of 2022.
0: So, Uh you know, we about to be out here, young woman stuff. that's right um yeah no i'm very excited for because i've been in school for so i i actually completed my undergrad in five years instead of the four years wow because i wanted to do the athletic training program and because i didn't get in my first year my freshman year when i applied Mm -hmm. i reapplied my second year got in and it's a three-year program so i had to stay um that extra year and it just really opened my eyes to um being okay with being content in a, mm-hmm. in a setting um, and not feeling like I was on anyone else's timeline. I feel like I grew so much in that fifth year um, to where now that I'm going to be completing my master's within seven years of schooling, um, I just feel like, yeah, I'm ready to move. I'm ready to get on with my life. I've never been able to have to worry about working and going to school at the same time. I've been so fortunate enough to have my school paid for um, throughout my entire time in school. So, um, it's just really a blessing. And I, i i It's honestly crazy, like hearing myself speak about it because it's such an accomplishment, um but yeah I'm just ready to move on to bigger and bigger better, better things
1: we're ready for that too yeah, I'm happy for you, yeah, so your school got yeah. paid for. Can you yes. walk us through that?
0: yeah, so when I was in high school, I was involved in this program when you're if there's any advice I can give you, mm-hmm. so I grew up in a non uh, I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska, and so there it's not really hands on because of so much that's going on within the community, like violence and gun problems and gun violence and stuff, to where within the schools they kind of lack that push to go to college and push to do things that are like more excelling, or at least when I was in you know elementary school that's how it was um and when i moved to council bluffs iowa when i was in the 7th grade um that was the best thing my mom could have ever done for me because right off bat um i was um in advanced courses taking college classes um taking ap and ce classes so that i didn't have to worry about those gen eds in in college something that i knew nothing of like nothing about um i always knew that i wanted to go to college but i didn't know how the steps to get there because i'm the, i'm a first generation student so no no one in my, um, family has gone or graduated from college. And so wow. the pathway to get there was just, it seemed impossible, but not like, Oh, not something that I want, not didn't, did not not want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was involved in a program called CAP, it's College Access Program. And through there, um, students got paid to go to school. So I, when I was like 16, um, was getting paid to get good grades and go to school. So for every A you got, you got $100. For every B, it was 50. For every C, it was like 30 or 20. And then after that, you didn't get anything. And then your senior year, you got like a, I think it was at $1,000 like uh, stipend for your and this is every trimester, we were in trimesters. So essentially you're getting three grand by your senior year. Um, And if you, we had a senior year checklist and it was like, one of the things on there was that you had to apply to at least five colleges. And I'm Nebraska born. And so I wanted to go to the University of Nebraska, Lincoln, go Huskers. And, um, yeah, that's where I wanted to go. <laughs> Iowa Hawkeyes was not in my mind because I'm not, you know, I'm not from Iowa. I, was, I didn't think anything of the Hawkeyes. And I only feel, filled out my application to go to Iowa because it was the last. <laughs> on my five list to check off my college access program so get involved in those programs but ended up being a huge blessing in disguise because um, even after I applied I didn't know anything about the scholarship that I had gotten I just thought that it was some sort of financial aid until um, the school called my mom and my mom was like you're telling me that you're turning down a full tuition scholarship and I was like hold on where did I get that from who sent that and they were like Iowa the University of Iowa and I was like oh, there's no doubts I'm going. And my mom was like, you don't want to think about any of your other options. Or like, you don't, I've never visited the campus, didn't know anything about it. And I was like, no, this is my clear break. I got, have a full tuition scholarship. I will be able to spend four years in my undergrad not having to worry about how I'm going to pay for school. Like mm-hmm. that is the biggest blessing in disguise. And on top of that, I already had scholarships through this um, college access program. And so by the time I was a sophomore, I was getting paid to go to school. So I was getting paid probably six, six or seven grand a semester to go to school. And then my senior year, uh, or my fifth year rather, um, uh, my advisor came and visited one of my ASL classes and was talking about my program that I'm in now, but um, I hadn't applied to it yet. And it was, I feel like it was a blessing Um, in disguise just because I didn't know what I was going to be doing in that next year. I knew I wanted to live in Iowa City, but I was graduating, you know, I kind of wanted to live life. Mm -hmm. And here's this man, he just opens the window for me about every opportunity I could have ever imagined. And there had just so happened to be a grant that was given to um, the University of Iowa for rehabilitation counseling. And it was like a million dollar grant and they were giving it to 10 students um, throughout the course of, you know, the years that they would have it. And I was one of the lucky students to get the scholarship. So I got a full tuition scholarship from them along with, um, an additive stipend for my program. So all blessings, y'all, all wow. blessings. Like I could not have, um, I, I never would have imagined that that would be my,
1: your path, my, you know what I'm saying? My yeah. path. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. you I, I'm just, <laughs> you're such a brilliant student. Uh, thank you. Out of the 10, you got the one yeah. slot. Yeah. And it was like May. So it was like we were gr-
0: graduating in the, within the next week and I had to apply to this. I was one of the late applicants, all this, but I explained to them, you know, I have a really big passion with mental health and reaching out and going above and beyond should never be seen as something that's like, oh, you're doing too much. It's like, that's what's going to guarantee mm-hmm. um, that the people that are prospecting you are going to look at you and like they're taking this seriously like this is something that they genuinely want to do versus just applying and hoping that you get in no once i heard that you know there was going to be that scholarship and stipend i knew that that was something that i could um
1: achieve so Mm -hmm. yeah a lot of you know a lot of kids and i call them i use the term kids loosely but a lot of kids really once they're done with high school it's more like I don't, I don't care what the next step is, or my parents have this going for them, or I might run my family business. So what made you, or at least when, what, what got you into that path that you're thinking, you know, I'm going to apply for this grant. And then once I get the grant, and I hope, I pray to God that I get the grant, this is going to be my path. So what, what made you get to that direction? Um, I
0: think it was my upbringing um, just because, like I said, I'm a first generation student, so mm-hmm. I don't have anyone in my foreground that's guiding me to certain aspects of secondary education. Mm-hmm. And I just want better for myself. Like, I've mm-hmm. always wanted better for myself. I've always wanted to be successful. I've always wanted to be um, as educated as I possibly could be. Um, and school is such a comfort for me because Mm -hmm. I've always loved school. Like it was something that it was a no brainer for me. Like that was the easiest thing in my life with Mm -hmm. everything else that was going on. And so, um, yeah, when it came down to like applying for grants and scholarships and stuff like that, um, I know for a fact I'm, I wouldn't have been able to go to college without those scholarships and grants because none of that's coming out of my pocket and loans can only get you so far with you. If you want to actually have, you know, a life outside of college and stuff, or else I'd go to a trade school or, you know, something like that. But Mm -hmm. I love the idea of, universities and colleges mm-hmm. in general, just because I feel like I would not be the person that I am today without it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anything that was going to get me closer to being in an environment where I know that I could blossom as a black woman, mm-hmm. I, I, I wanted to do everything that I could to get myself there.
1: Right. Yeah. Wow. What an inspiration. Stop. <laughs> what an inspiration. Thank you. I'm so glad our paths you know, crossed. Yes. And now you're telling me this story and it's just very inspiring um, coming here, You know, Trixie, too, my sister, we're first generation in this country. Right. So we had to learn how to navigate the system, get, leave alone, even just understanding the the language. language, The language. Just everything. So just hearing that story from a perspective of someone like you, that you are also first generation in college and really taking that turn into. I want to make something better out of my Mm -hmm. life and stuff. So what does your mom feel or think about all this? My mom, (laughs) she,
0: um, it's just crazy because I know my mom is so proud of me. Like she, I don't think that there are words for her to be able to articulate how proud of me that she is just Mm -hmm. because, um, for her, I'm a staple child. Like I'm someone that really got out of the, all my other siblings still live in the same hometown with my, you know, my family, they're all live in a mile radius of each other. (laughs) I have four siblings. Everyone lives a mile radius from my mom. And so, um, and I'm I'm the youngest. Mm -hmm. And so that, I think that says a lot to my mom. Like I'm not, you know, scared to, you know, get out there and adventure out and stuff. Mm -hmm. But, um, I also think that she feels um, sad just for my siblings because I am the youngest and I don't necessarily want the title of leading the pack, but there is that sense of her wishing that, wishing it for my siblings. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, even though they're successful in their own ways, like my brother owns his own business. My other brother owns his own drawing company. My sister, you know, is doing side businesses here and there, but, um, because we've lacked consistency, consistency so much in our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that she would like it's like hard for her to be overly supportive for me around and in in that environment because it's, it's uncommon. Mm -hmm. And I think a little uncomfortable. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's deep. That is deep. (laughs) No, but that's real life. That's, Mm -hmm. and that's, and the thing is, is like, um, you can only explain that so far because obviously when people look at successful people that come out of college, mm-hmm. they're thinking, Oh, I want to go to college because they were successful mm-hmm. and that's what I want. But they're not seeing the other side of that. Not always working out. You know, people mm-hmm. go to co- college doesn't always mean success. Um, and so to find that, you know, my siblings are successful in their own ways, I think is, um, Definitely something that my mom is super proud of, but because it is so lack thereof, and mm-hmm. not a presence in a, our immediate family, um, just makes it even more of like an honor for me, which makes it harder for her to see it not in the siblings that are um, older than me. I think right. it's just having to do with me being the youngest, like me setting that guard, because it's like, there's taking, no turning back taking for- Taking a different path. Yeah,
1: exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So how was the environment growing up? Like the neighborhood, the area.
0: Yeah, we grew up in Omaha, Nebraska. Um, And Omaha is one of the most dangerous cities in the nation. Um, Definitely top 10. Um, At one point, it was top five, I believe. Um, And so, yeah, there was a lot of violence. There was a Mm -hmm. lot of black-on-black crime. There was a lot of, um, a lot of you name it, honestly, like the bigger cities, Detroit, the, you know, Kentucky's, all that. Um, It's kind of, Omaha's like a suburb of that type of environment. Um, And my mom wanted to get us out of there as soon Mm -hmm. as possible. And so, yeah, when I was 12, we moved to Council Bluffs. Um, And Council Bluffs was a very, um, I'm gonna just be blunt with y'all, it was very um, non-cultured. any person that looked like me that was you know african-american especially um you knew them you knew them by name you knew where they lived um there was only a handful was it was so it's not small but it's like it's i the only thing that i can think of when i think of council boss is like it's a wide spectrum like but it's divided so like when the closer so Council Bluffs in Omaha, I can walk to Omaha from my house. There is a pedestrian bridge that oh. I can walk over from Council Bluffs to Omaha. That's how okay. close it is. It's just a an interstate that's... It's the Missouri River that um, Divides separates the us. And the Missouri River is not very wide. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, but you would think, you know, there's that cross culture and there's really not like Omaha and council Bluffs are night and day Omaha, a lot of black people, a lot of, you know, more culture, more like, especially that downtown area is very urban and businessy, but like you still got little rough edges. If you turn the wrong corner, um, and then in council bluffs, it's, it's sectioned. Like it's like the West side that's close to Omaha is like the ghetto. That's Mm -hmm. the down parts. That's the parts not really being fixed up. Then you got the, um, East side, that's very proper, very suburban, like very fenced in. They're literally in the hills doing their own thing. And then north and south really depend on how much money you have. So if the further you go south, the more nice your area is going to be. That's where all the shopping malls are at. That's where all the restaurants and stuff are at. And if you go more north, you're going to be more in the slums, like, the trailer parks you're going to be um at the low poverty schools like we there were two um middle schools in our entire city and one of them had a pool and one didn't so we had to go to the other school to use the pool one high school had this and the other one didn't so we had to go to that so it was very divided and wow. you could tell where someone went to school mm mm-hmm. Is you could tell probably where they lived at. Like, oh, if you go to Thomas Jefferson, you probably live on the west side, you live on the west end, you are poorer, more poor. If you go to Abraham Lincoln, you're definitely high class, you have a house out here, like your parent, you both parents are probably in the home. Um, it was very stereotypically um, divided, for mm-hmm. sure.
1: Do you see yourself? And you don't have to answer this. (laughs) Do you see yourself after graduating, going back to that community? No.
0: (laughs) No. (laughs) If only you knew Uh how much I talk about my future Uh these days, is cra- I'm going to be 25, right? So I'm like in mm-hmm. the older part of the college town. You know, I'm gr- outgrowing the college <laughs> town, right? <laughs> and I am so excited to live in a big city, y'all. Y'all have no idea. Like, I big move- city. Yeah, I'm thinking oh. Atlanta, NOLA, you know, okay. somewhere down south. like okay. de- Or like something bigger like Kansas City, you know, so- uh, Chicago. You know, like I definitely want to be in a very... I'm a single woman. I have no kids. I'm gonna be making good money. I want to be able to be in a in a place in an environment where I can thrive and just like live out my twenties happily. That's right. And And make a big difference. Yes. In a big exactly. Like (laughs) I'm gonna get way more opportunities in a bigger Mm -hmm. city that has is way more cultured, has so many identities, so many introspective identities at that. Like, you could have a b- gay black man who's successful, but he's a reverend and he does this. You're, n- you're not going to mm-hmm. get that in Council Bluffs. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You're looking for more diversity. Way diverse. Like, I need mm-hmm. to be able to... Because that's what I. That's what you get in college, and that's what mm-hmm. I love so much about being in college, is it's a huge melting pot of so many different identities. You don't just have to look at someone and know, you can't know their whole background. Whereas I go back home and I can be in one part of town and I know exactly... You feel segregated or secluded? Minutes, very secluded, very segregated and mm-hmm. very um, limited,
1: very limited, mm, especially yeah. as a black woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well, I cannot wait to see where the future takes you. Thank you. And you definitely give the vibes for a big city. <laughs> like I see you, big energy. Really? I see that. Thank you. Yes.
0: I'm scared. I am scared. It does scare me. Um, do you think you'll go visit first, get a no, of No, I want to dive. I want to dive because I don't like change. I don't like change uh-huh. at all, and so I feel Truth like if I'm thrown in there, mm-hmm. I will have no choice but to, you know, because if I go visit and I have a fun time visiting, my overthinking self will be like, well, what about this? What about this? What about, about this? Actually Versus there. just <laughs> living and being like finding out within a year, because a year, a year can pass by so easily. In a year's time, I'm be, I'll be able to be like, okay, this is for me, and this is not. Okay, I yeah.
1: admire ambition thank you so and i much. do respect the fact that you you're okay with not seeing what's in front of you you're okay with going in and forging your own path absolutely wow yeah that is amazing even venturing into mental health leaving where you grew up coming here to iowa i mean you met us now and then you're gonna after graduation and graduating going to a big, uh, an even bigger city. Yeah. So wow. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Fingers so, crossed. if there's one thing yes. you'd you'd tell, you know, those maybe who are not fortunate enough to go to college, or maybe they're fortunate to be in high school right now, And life is not very simple. It's it's not as easy for them, what would you, like what what piece of encouraging advice would you tell them, being, since you've kind of come from that, now you're in college, and you have a bright future ahead of you, so what advice would you give such a person?
0: It's very simple. You are very young. You are so, especially in high school, you're so young. The opportunities are limitless. They are so endless. Like, do not think that anything is out of your reach. Um, And if, I heard this quote, and I'm not gonna say who the quote was from, but I heard this quote um, and they said, if someone tells you no, then that means you're asking the wrong person. And I wholeheartedly believe that. If someone tells you no, if the answer is no, you're simply asking the wrong person or you're in the wrong environment because no, someone had to do it. You know, someone has to do it. And so never think that your dreams are endless and never take no for an answer. Um, and always be resourceful, like go out looking for things. Don't just expect things to come to you because you're, when you're in a mindset of especially being unfortunate, you're, you're going to think those opportunities are never going to come to you. Go out looking for them and present yourself in an in an aspect and in in a manner that's, you know, authentically you like never be sorry to tell your story, never be sorry to, you know, thrive within the environment that you're in and being the less fortunate because there's going to be some time and some day that you're going to be at the top and you're going to be able to help other people, um, in your path. And like, in along your journey, I never would have gotten the way or gone the, in the path that I did Mm -hmm. or as far as I did, if I did not have the people that I did in my corner telling me, you can do it. You just have to open your eyes and try a little harder, be persevere and resilient.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's great advice. (laughs) So for you watching back home, I hope, that spoke to you or it speaks to someone close to you. And if it speaks to someone that's close to you and you think they might benefit from this message, don't be, don't be scared to share this message with them. Then our vision for this um, episodes, and the reason why we bring stories like this to you, is we want to connect people, we'd like to mentor people. And then uh, the most important thing is inspire somebody. So, and the best way to do that, we've found out is through real life stories. We really appreciate having tea here today to grace the occasion. And we also appreciate you, your viewers for watching this. Thank you so much. And we'll see you again in our next video. Excuse me. Retake. <laughs> <laughs> She's currently undergoing her master's degree in the Iowa, Uni- the state of the <laughs> I don't even know what school you guys got to. I was like, the Iowa <laughs> University of Iowa. She said the state of the Iowa University of <laughs> Iowa. I
0: was like, mm-hmm. Oh, my God.